Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And it's been 232 days since the Sens last played, but there is no shortage of content. We get back into the Alex Galchenyuk signing, what that means. And are the Sens done? Frank Saravelli reporting that there's some mutual interest with Corey Perry. That's going to be a divisive signing if it happens. You know what side of the fence we're on, but if you don't, stay tuned. We'll tell you. And then part one of a two-part interview with Sens prospect Joey Decord. We talk about his NHL debut, the hectic hours that were leading up to it, his transition from East Coast League to Belleville, and the boys. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Thursday, October 29th. Pilsy, do you want to start with the signing that was or the one that could be? Well, Ross, as the king of content for this podcast, the Senators are making things easy for you. We got so much to get into. Let's, we, we did an emergency edition in yesterday's episode about Alex Galchenyuk, so let's dive deeper into that before we get into the new news. Well, if we want to look back at Alex Galchenyuk's career, he did play for the States and the World Juniors. We will later tell you which Sens prospect just got invited to World Junior Camp, but let's stick with Alex Galchenyuk. We know it's a low-risk deal, only $1.05 million. So really, how can you complain? It's one of those situations, though, where I can see people wondering, is he blocking out a spot for one of the kids? Do you think that's going to be a problem going through camp? No, and I think we need to look at this in a different perspective. If, if you're saying that Alex Galchenyuk is blocking a prospect, then you have the wrong mindset. Really, the more competition there is for roster spots, the better, in my opinion. No prospect, no young hockey player should be given a roster spot. You need to earn these roster spots. If, if Drake Batherson is sitting there being like, oh man, Alex Galchenyuk got signed, like there goes my chance then like he should be working harder. Like I got I to gotta bounce that guy out of his spot. What can I do to make me more valuable than him in the Senators organization? And if you're getting low-risk NHL talent to join your team, let's not forget, it was quite a while ago, but Alex Galchenyuk was a 30-goal scorer. Like there's hidden talent in there, and we're going to see if the Sens can bring some of that out. The talent was always there. It's a matter of how he thinks the game or whether he's really giving his – 100% effort. And I'll tell you right now, if he's not giving 100% effort in training camp, DJ Smith's not putting him on the ice. It's as simple as that. You have seen in a smaller sample size, sure, but DJ Smith rewards guys who are giving everything they have versus a guy who he has no connection to. He, he doesn't care whether Galchenyuk's on the team or not. He's going to ice the best players. So you mentioned Batherson having to take that as a, or, or any of the guys. You just threw out his name. Yeah, that was just a random one. Yeah. But Galchenyuk, he should be the guy being like, look, I have a golden opportunity here. There were multiple teams after him, by the way. He picked Ottawa, just like Dadnov did, because of the unique opportunity that it presents. Well, you know what? Show it. But what we tweeted out at Send Central, and it's kind of funny. Look, it's not totally telling because we know that Anisimov is high on this list as well. But 
No senator in the entire organization has more goals than Alex Galchenyuk over the past five seasons. Galchenyuk has 93, Anisimov has 92, and Dadanov has 81, although Dadanov's only been back in the league for three years. Yeah. So you're looking at a guy who has put pucks in the net at the NHL level, and where did the Sens finish? Last, second last, and goals four last year? It's a low-risk signing that has the potential to pay big dividends. I love it. Yeah, I mean, me too. Like, like if we're looking at this signing and it's a three-year deal and a couple million, then you're like, ah, I don't really know what you're going for here. But this is Alex Galchenyuk is betting on himself. Obviously, he wanted more than a one-year, $1.05 million deal. And he's, I think he's going to get every chance to prove that. He's probably going to slot in the top six of this lineup, let's be honest. As you mentioned, he scored more goals than anyone on this team in the last five years. But for me, I see him more as a winger. I messaged uh, a guy I used to work with at T- TSN, JD. Shout out JD. He's a longtime Habs fan. Just asked him, what's your take on Galchenyuk? Should he be playing on the wing or at center? And he said, absolutely, he should be on the wing. So I see him as strengthening that left wing side, which we know is kind of a weak spot for the Sens as of now at this moment. And look, whoever is his centerman, I think they can get some chemistry. We're going to see what Alex Galchenyuk can bring to this team. Low risk, high reward. I don't see the downside here. One thing I will say, and just asking around also a bit of the industry, I got the feedback that it's not very Duclair-esque because there's a little bit more issue with his reads and decision-making. So we'll see how all that plays out. But again, at the price, who cares? And when you pick another player choosing to come to Ottawa, we're starting to see a bit of a trend, and that's something that you would not have seen in years past. Could that trend continue, Pilsy? Are we going full chaos? Could Corey Perry, a guy who ruined my youth in 2007, could he be putting on a 2D Sens uni? We, t- we joked about this a couple weeks ago, Ross, and we were, we were all over this idea. The only reason this is kind of a head-scratcher for me is this would have made a lot of sense pre-Austin Watson. Like, Corey Perry would have been that guy on the fourth right-wing side. I think he would bring the nastiness. And the thing is, with Corey Perry, you get a lot more than just a mean guy. Like, go YouTube highlights his goals in the Stanley Cup playoffs, all of them right in front of the net, and pretty good hand-eye coordination. Like, he's, he's getting tips, he's getting rebounds, he's sneaking it past the goalie. This guy can still put the puck in the net, and I think he would be an amazing mentor for a guy like Brady Kachuk. Amazing. Been, amazing. I've been, Corey Perry can say to Kachuk, I've been doing this for 20, or not 20 years, but at least, what, 10, 11 years in the NHL, being nasty, getting goals in front of the net. Let me show you some of my tricks. You think that's all? This guy's got a Hart Trophy to his name, a Rocket Richard to his name. He's got a Stanley Cup, an OHL championship, a World Championship, a Memorial Cup, two Olympic gold medals, and yes, a World Junior Gold as well. This guy has won at absolutely every level. There is no downside. I don't want to hear about the kids needing a chance. They're going to get their opportunities. Let's remember, injuries do happen in the game of hockey. We saw that last season. Jeez. You're not only using a 20-man roster, but what Corey Perry brings is a whole lot of intangibles. Man, he was just in the Stanley Cup Finals, as you mentioned. This is a guy who, in the right position, can still put in a few points. He can chip in a little bit offensively. That's not why you're bringing him in, though. Where I see this as a mutual fit, because let's be honest, more than just the Sens could use Corey Perry 
in their lineup in a bottom six role. He has an opportunity here to come close to home, and he's been mm-hmm. playing out in Anaheim, then in Dallas, and maybe the lure of coming back to Ontario is enough to get him to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, I was thinking the same, Ross, and especially like in these times with COVID, if you're a Canadian guy, you're probably thinking, man, would it be nice to be north of the border where things are a little more regulated, a little more controlled. I've had my time in California. I just went to the cup finals. Maybe it's time to return home for a shortened season. Who knows what it's going to look like. So I think maybe this could be something that works. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the best move for the Sens, but I'm all for more chaos. And if this team wants to be tough and mean, Corey Perry can add a lot to that division. Well, he's also going to need those mean, tough guys to be just that because he is a complete rat on the ice. He is maybe the most annoying player to play against in the NHL. Like, it's him, it's Brady Kachuk, and Brendan Gallagher. Like, I don't think there's anyone even, maybe Max Domi. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> I should have just paired the Kachuks in together. But not only that, he brings so much playoff experience, 145 games of it. And, of course, a Stanley Cup in his second season. We don't need to get into the details of that Stanley Cup. But I love the idea. And then if a game gets chippy, the opportunity to roll out a line of Kachuk, Perry, and Watson with Brown and Gabranson on the back end, I don't think there's a team in the league that can match that pound for pound. I I racked my brain uh, last night trying to think of a a lineup of five guys that could really do it. And there's, there's a couple teams that may have one or two tougher guys, but all five. If there comes a point where there's a line brawl, I'm betting on the Sens to win that one, just like they did against the Habs. Well, talk about winning. Uh, A lot of that happened in Belleville this year, and Joey Decord was a huge part of it. And he was kind enough to join the podcast. This guy is as cool as they come. Like, definitely a friend of the show territory. We've got his back online. For any of you saying that he's not a future NHL goalie, we're not going to hear that because Joey is down to earth. And speaking of NHL, he's already been an NHL goalie. How cool is that hearing the process going from the NCAA tournament, flying cross country three times, and then getting his chance to play in the NHL? I had no idea that's what led up to that night. Like when when we uh, kind of heard rumblings that Decord was going to get a start in the NHL, we kind of pegged which game we thought it would be. But the air miles that that guy racked up just to get to the game in Buffalo is incredible. And credit to him, though. Like, you'll hear it in the interview, but he says nobody cares how long you had to fly, how much sleep you got, all the hoops you had to go through. When you're on the ice, you better bring your best. And I think he had a pretty good first game for coming straight out of college. So hop in the car. Let's drive over to our interview with Joy Decor. Oh, the engine control module doesn't work? What? Good thing for Rock Auto, rockauto.com. It's a family business that serves auto parts, and they've been doing it for customers for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts. Hundreds of manufacturers, they have everything. I mentioned engine control modules. They also have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get your new carpet there. Now, whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and it's delivered directly to your door well that's convenient especially if it's an engine or something you can't go get it have it come to you the rockauto.com catalog is unique remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all price at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts get two for one That's Rock Auto, rockauto.com. Go there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. All we ask 
is that you put locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, here it is, part one of our interview with Joey Decord. All right, we now welcome a very special guest back to the show since his last appearance way back in March 2019. He's debuted with the Ottawa Senators, spent time in Brampton, excelled through a shortened rookie season in Belleville. We're excited to have Joey Decord back on the Locked On Senators podcast. What's up today, Joey? What's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're fired up to have you. Goalie-friendly show. We're going to get into all sorts of stuff on that note. But first, we got to pick up right where we left off last time we had you on. Five days after... You signed your entry-level contract. This is right after leading Arizona State to the tournament for the first time in school history, and then you make your NHL debut. And I was looking at the schedule. The Sens were in New York the night before. Then you fly to Buffalo. Like, take us through that. Did you meet the team at Madison Square Garden? How did those hours play out leading your debut? Honestly, when I look back, I still think I was blacked out for the whole week. <laughs> just, it's just a blur, right? Like, it happened in two seconds. For me, like growing up my whole life, I always sat there thinking about being in the tunnel, looking out and like you just kind of see the people and you just hear that little, you know, that that little buzz in the arena. And you just like, yeah, you're growing up, you're just, that's just, for me, that's what I pictured, right? And then just hearing, all right, Dax, like, here we go. And from the minute that I signed uh, and, and knew that I was going to play, I was just like counting down. It was like, it was like a countdown. Like, you know, how world series, right? You're counting outs in the last game to win the world series. Like I was counting days and then hours and then minutes to like bang, you know, like whatever. So, um, signed and, and, uh, I flew. So I signed on Monday morning, flew to Ottawa that day. I think I got to Ottawa at like three in the morning. Uh, because, well, cause time change and whatever. And then it took me forever to get through, like Toronto, then connect to Ottawa. And like, I missed two connecting flights and it was just a gong show. So I got there at like three in the morning. Then it's like, okay, PG picked me up from the hotel at like 8 a.m. Then it's like, you got to go through all like physicals and all your medical stuff and fill out all the paperwork and gong show there. And then it's like, bang, you're right on the ice. And the guys played the night before against the lightning. So it was just like a 15, 20 minute light skate. Soon as we do the light skate, it's like, right on the plane to New York. So like I flew from, first off, I flew to, uh, Phil, or we flew to Philadelphia to play the NCAA tournament game on Friday or Thursday or Friday, flew back after the game Sunday, then flew back across like coast to coast again to Toronto, to Ottawa, then quick practice the next morning, flight to New York City. Then we were in New York City uh, Tuesday night, played the game Wednesday night, right after the game, fly to Buffalo, get there at like two in the morning, wake up, alarm goes off. It's like, we're playing the show today. <laughs> so yeah, it's sick. It's, it was, I mean, I was not nervous the whole week. And then when the alarm went off in the morning, I was like, all right, <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. You must yeah. have racked up the air miles there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a lot of, a lot of travel. and Something me and my dad talked about, like, growing up always it's like nobody cares if you flew across the country three times nobody cares if you didn't get a good night's sleep last night nobody cares like you have to go out there and play you think any of anybody in that stadium or the sense management or the boys on the team like you think anybody cared that i flew three times across the country in five days like no it's like we're here to win so for me that day was just 
um, you know, sticking to the process and doing the right things. And I knew that if I did that, good, you know, good things would happen. And, you know, you're, you wake up and it's like, okay, waiting till you get down to that, that, that ticking time, you know what I mean? As it's going and next thing you know, you're throwing your gear on and you get the TSN camera stuck in your face. And then, you know, you're in that tunnel waiting and it's get the tap on the ass and it's all right, Dax showtime. Here we go. And then you just try not to fall during your rookie lap. <laughs> Save it for the game. Yeah, no kidding. So that's how you got to the game. What a what a journey to get to the game. So you're in your first NHL game. How are the nerves in the first couple minutes before you get that first shot? Like, I feel like players, uh, like forwards, defensemen, they, you know, you get a chance to maybe make a quick hit, you get involved in the game. But as a goalie, you're waiting for that first shot to get warm. And you had 35 saves that night, pretty solid. And your first shot was actually a really tough one from Sam Reinhardt. Yeah. I mean, first off, it was like the, the last home game of the year for the Sabres. So they had like the longest pregame ceremony before the game. Oh, and I'm just sitting there going, Lord. come on. Just wait till you're playing the Habs uh, on a consistent base. They got one for yeah. every game. <laughs> I'm just like, well, hopefully I'll be a little bit less nervous by then. But for my first game with like basically 15, 20 minute practice and then a morning skate to get ready for my first NHL game right out of college. It's like all you want to do is just not have time to think. And that whole time, like there's two national anthems. They brought out like this 90 year old woman. And she like walked like a hundred feet. So it's just like, it's just taking forever. And, and like, it was a cool ceremony. It was awesome. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, I just want the puck to drop. And uh, I actually like off the face off, it got snapped right back to me. And then I made a little pass to shabby and I was like, okay, I'm alive. I'm we're good. You know? And uh, but I think the worst part was like the first four shot attempts all like either got blocked or missed the net. So I'm like, I'm like, I wanted a shot. I was like, give me a shot. Give me a shot. Give me a shot. It's like, up oh, it gets blocked. Up oh, goes wide. And the guys were like zipping it around. Like they got it in deep right away and they were zipping it around. And I was like, all right, this is going to take me a minute here to figure this out. Yeah. And you're coming from an NCAA play. Like how much faster is the puck moving around on the ice? Noticeably faster. When you sit up in the stands and you watch, like you might not really notice that much of a difference. Right. But when you're on the ice in net and there's huge bodies going everywhere and the puck's moving that fast it's did, did yeah, you get hard. to back up in new york or were you no. up in the press box no i just i basically like went out and like in my uh like my workout gear and like watched warm-up because i like i didn't know what a pro warm-up was like or anything so i was like okay i want to know where i need to be and what i need to do tomorrow so i don't look like an idiot in warm-ups and you're at and msg then, of all places too yeah yeah so that was cool but then just watch the game from the press box which you know was fine i got a good uh, good feel for it I remember I, I asked, I was like, Hey, like any chance I can back up tonight? And they were like, well, we just don't want like you to have to go in and, and then it's not your first NHL game tomorrow. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't matter to me. Right. Like I knew I was playing anyways, so it wasn't the biggest deal. I just kind of wanted to go through the whole pregame process. So I had it nailed down the next night, but at the end of the day, it's the NHL and they're trying to win games. So, you know, you got to make do with the, the opportunity that you're given. Yeah, what, what a cool story. That's a memory you're going to have for a long time, your first NHL game, especially right out of college. That doesn't happen very often. So that was your first NHL game. What was your first NHL training camp like? Like when you get there and all these vets are there, like guys like Craig Anderson uh, from a goalie perspective, what was the vibe like being around all those guys? And did anyone particular stand, stand out to you on the ice or even off the ice? I remember because as a college guy, you don't get to do camp, right? Like the major junior guys get to do camp. So 
like a guy like Mando, he, that was his second or third camp, maybe like training camp. So he was like, Oh yeah. Like kind of showing me around. And I was like, all right, this is how you do camp, you know? Cause I had done uh, basically training camp, like NHL training camp is just a, a dev camp on a way bigger scale. So, and, and much more intense, right? Dev camps, much more relaxed teaching, not as much on ice time, whereas camp is, you, you know, you're training to get ready for the preseason games and get ready for the season. So it was a good experience. I liked it um, kind of going through it the first time. And for me, like biggest thing is I just, I followed Andy and Nilly around <laughs> the whole time. I was like, what are you guys doing? What are these guys up to? Andy was super nice to me. Nilly was super nice to me. Uh, I couldn't believe like how well uh, Nilly took good of his, uh, took care of his body. Like he, uh, best I've ever seen uh, taking care of his body. So just tried to emulate him and, um, you know, I obviously feel bad for him right now. Hopefully he can, uh, he can get playing again here soon. I was going to say, does Anders Nielsen look as big in person as he does on the ice? There's that famous picture where him and Jacob Markstrom were, were teammates. Have you seen it where they're at a press conference together? And it looks like somebody just put steroids on Markstrom and <laughs> Anders Nielsen is just huge next to him. But this guy is just enormous. Yeah. He's just shredded though. Like he yeah. eats unbelievable and takes care of his body. Like he's just Guy's ripped out his mind. I'm like, oh, good for you. I'll tie it up too. That's going to be you in a couple of years. No, but um, so you go through your first training camp in Ottawa. Uh, was the plan always to start in Brampton or were you a little disappointed that it wasn't Belleville right away? We weren't totally sure, right? Uh, you never know what's going to happen, but, um, you know, just basically got told I was going down to Brampton during, uh, you know, at the end of uh, the AHL camp there and just tried to go down there and be a good pro and learn and, and take advantage of the opportunity. Right. Like I knew I was going to go down there and get to play some games and uh, be the starter right off the hop, which was good for me just to get my feet wet. Um, they got a lot of good guys down there and uh, made some good buddies and, and um, you know, was fortunate to play pretty well there. And uh, once I got called up, just tried to make the most of every opportunity I had at the AHL level. Cause you never know, like hockey is a, <laughs> it's a unique sport. Um, and you're just trying to, take advantage if you get one shift if you get one period if you get one game like you got to take advantage of it to prove yourself so that was my mentality the whole time yeah and you you were only in Brampton for 12 games you didn't uh, stay there long so then you move up to the AHL with the Belleville Senators now what was the biggest difference from a goalie perspective going from the East Coast League to the American Hockey League well the American Hockey League is much more structured and I think you know not to say that there aren't committed guys in the East coast league, but there's just that extra level of dedication, I would say, because guys are so close to the NHL level, right? Like you get these guys that are one injury away or, you know, if they have a good night, like playing and the GM decides to make a switch between one player and another and whatever it may be, like, there's just, you're so close to the NHL that guys are just trying like that extra little bit harder um and i think that that kind of shows in the in the way the game is played at the ahl level the east coast league is not as structured you, you see a lot of high um you know high percentage scoring chances which makes you a better goalie but in my opinion is the toughest league to play in in the world like it is it is it is a challenge on any given night you can stop everything or get torched and it's a real mental grind cuz all you're trying to do is get called up really like you you're trying to play well and and get better but you're hoping you get called up. So knowing that and knowing every night that you're going to have to face backdoor plays and two on O's and breakaways, like it's, it's a mental challenge. 
Yeah, well, we got to see a lot in the American League. I'm not sure if you know, Brandon was the replay guy for a lot of the games in Belleville. I was on camera too, so we had a pretty good view. And I actually was at your second start, your first one in Toronto, 34 saves, but and I know that you love playing the puck. So getting an apple in your second AHL game, you kidding me? Brandstrom with a beauty on the power play. I want to ask you about Eric Brandstrom because he's obviously a huge prospect for Ottawa when you trade the, the caliber player like you did in a fan favorite like Mark Stone. You're always watching the guy who came back. How good is he at controlling the pace of a game? Hope you're enjoying our chat with Joey Decord so far. But we got a quick ad for you guys from our friends at Built Bar. You know about Built Bar protein bars. You've probably already tasted them. The taste is amazing. You got to try their new product though, Built Go. Built Go makes the best you at whatever you do. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Built Go every single day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase, your golf bag, or right in your pocket. You can bring it wherever you need it. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy drink without that same crash. It's like drinking an energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, coconut, chocolate, and chocolate mint. Ross loves the chocolate mint combo, so that's going to be my suggestion this week. Go for the chocolate mint. Put it in your protein shake to get a little extra protein and some extra flavor. How does Built Go work so well, though? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast and it's easy on your stomach. Built Go kicks in to keep you going strong. If you like vitamins, B6, B12, how about 10,000% of your daily B12? I don't know, not a math guy, but that sounds pretty good to me. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff will literally make you look better. Here's the sweetest part of the deal. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, back to our chat with Joey Decord. Well, he's the franchise. We call him the franchise. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. awesome. Sick nickname. That's going to stick. Uh, yeah, he's the franchise and then... Yaros is the Slovakian sledgehammer. Uh, we had some other good ones too. I'm blanking on him right now. It's been so long since I've seen the boys. Um, yeah, I mean, he's Brandy's nasty, like so sick. I remember that assist I got. I literally we were on a five on three. I just like stopped the puck and just gave it to him. Yeah. Skated all the way down the ice, stick handled around everyone for like five minutes, and then just went bar down. I was like, oh, sweet. That's what this guy can do. Nice. Like, good for you, man. <laughs> I was like, I'll take the point. This easiest, easiest assist I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he unbelievable hockey player and, and, and great kid, too. Like, just super down to earth. Me and him actually are, are Michael and Jim from the office. So, are you, are you Michael? Well, he calls me Michael, but I'm like, bro, <laughs> you're Michael. I'm Jim. Come on. So, I don't know. We, we laugh about it because him and I would always watch the office on the bus. As long as neither of you guys are Dwight, I guess that's, uh, that's when we start asking some serious questions. But I think I think we said Gus was Dwight. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get uh, Dwight on his next helmet, dude. Come on, well, you that's put that's that. Well, that was like he did that to Gus. Like he was like Gus is Dwight because they go they go at it pretty good with the pranks and stuff. So. Oh, that's awesome! Do you have the whole team uh, pegged as office characters here? No, I wish. We could hey, it's been, do it it's been 220 days since the Sens last played, and we do this show six times a week. So maybe uh, thanks for the uh, content. <laughs> that sounds like a show, in, I think, here, Pilsy. 
Yeah, yeah, um, we'll we'll get working on that for sure. So you talked about Brandstrom. We want to hear about some of these other guys in Belleville. Like, there's just so much talent there. Who are some of the guys that really give you a tough time in practice? I mean, for us, Drake Batherson's a guy we watch closely. Closely, Josh Norris. But for you in practice in the crease, who's always going uh, top shelf on you? Well, no one's going top shelf always. Come on now. That's the right. Even answer. if they were, I wouldn't go. tell you that. Uh, <laughs> No, Noof, Josh, Josh Norris, best shot I've ever seen. Is that another nickname there, Noof? Uh, yeah. Because his dad's the Noof. They call his dad Noof, so he's Noof, yeah. I like that. Uh, yes, best, best Best wrister I've ever seen. Um, so he's a fun one. Like, him and I kind of go at it after practice, too. Um, and, and he made me better, you know, with that as well. Like, he'd come down the wing during the, during the season and just beat goalies clean, right? Because if you haven't seen it before, like, it's really hard to time it up. Um, so I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I get to see it every day. So I get to you know use it to help me get better. And Bobby Schmatz too, uh, Drake Batherson Schmatzy. He uh, <laughs> he's got a, a great shot and, and sick hands in front of the net too. So he's another really good player. Um, trying to think. Boys. We're watching Vitali uh, tear it up in the Liga right now. Best shootout moves on the planet. Like dirty, like he he scored the other night in where's he playing Finland in, in the shootout time. I saw it on Insta and he tried that move like a handful of times this year on like like big time goalies and scored like every time. Yeah, like, I, I literally shot. saw him come down and I was like, yeah, I know what move he's doing. And he like does the toe drag like he's gonna datsuk him and then just slides it right through their legs. Okay, well one last guy and then I want to get on to some more goalie stuff. But watching Rudolph Balsers during that 15 game point streak. Was it just known in the locker room, like, yeah, just get the puck to Rudy in the offensive zone? Because he was facilitating, he was scoring, he was literally doing it all. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a special player as well. Um, he was obviously on a sick line, too. Like, their line was yeah. nasty. I was with, for anyone listening who doesn't know as well, it was Josh and Drake on that top line for a yeah. bunch of it, wasn't and it? And, like, like, Brownie would filter through, too. Yeah. I mean, all those guys were nasty. But Rudy just, like, he's just one of those guys that always shows up on the score sheet. Like, he makes the little plays uh, really well, and um, you know he gets he gets first assists, but he also gets second assists that don't get appreciated as much. That are just great little plays, and he can score, he can pass, he can shoot, he can do it all. So special player. Hey, we've got a nickname for you then for that we call Rudy Red Light Rudy. Not super original, but it, it fits him pretty well. Stay tuned for more of our chat with Joey tomorrow. Lots of great stuff there, including the nicknames, the Slovakian Sledgehammer. And how about the franchise? The franchise is all time. And look, this this just goes to show you. I, I We've been touting uh, Eric Branson's horn for quite a while, myself especially. But when the guys in the locker room realize that this guy is legit, they're calling him the franchise. Like, this, this is going to be an elite top four defensemen in the NHL one day. Just give them some time. We don't need to rush every prospect we have to the NHL. Eric Branstrom is going to be just fine. The franchise is coming up. Some more housekeeping notes in the American Hockey League. Belleville announcing today that Hubert Labrie, Jack Doherty, and Cole Castles have all signed one-year AHL contracts for next season. Remember the hysteria that went down when Hubert Labrie was given an NHL contract for the remainder of last season and people were freaking out like this is a really good AHL player led the team in plus minus was partnered with Eric Brandstrom for much of the season I love this guy getting a little bit bigger paycheck at the end of last season as kind of a thank you right the Sens were short on body so 
good for him getting another AHL contract. And I don't know if we're counting one-way contracts, but Cole Castles would add a thousand games to the dads in the organization because his dad, obviously, Andrew Castles, had a very long and successful NHL career. So those are three guys signing with Belleville. When could they be back on the ice, Pilsy? Well, it looks like uh, the AHL has announced February 5th is the tentative. We're getting very familiar with that word. Uh, start date for the AHL. And yeah, it's it's good that at least they're working on stuff. Man, how about a tough year to be your, the first year as president and CEO of the AHL for Scott Housen? He's got his work cut out for him. But Hopefully, they come back when they're supposed to in February, and we see a lot of these prospects lighting it up in Belleville. That's a very good point. Imagine stepping into that role. Sheesh, a little bit of work to be done. More work to be done for Ridley Gregg, but he has started off strong. He's been announced as one of the 42 players that will be attending Team Canada's camp. Well, you said you don't know much about the junior leagues in Finland. How about (laughs) Canada? You think our boy Ridley's got a good shot here? Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, like I said on Twitter, my scheduled scouting trip to Finland was canceled this year, unfortunately. So that's why my U20 Finnish knowledge isn't uh, up to snuff. But we covered a lot. I mean, probably almost every single guy on this roster we covered on this show. So we know these guys well. And the interesting thing about Ridley Gregg being on this list is if you look at all the guys on this list, there's a bunch of elite offensive talent. But what are you going to do? Ice four first lines? No, you need some you need some jam. You need some grittiness in there. I think Ridley Gregg has a good chance of making this team as a bottom six guy because of the intangibles he brings that other guys don't. And he's got offensive upside too. So I think we you may be surprised of some of the cuts that happen because there's a lot of talent in this uh, camp. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ridley Gregg ends up making the cut for that reason. Yeah, I think that it's a no-brainer to have him as your guy who can move up and down the lineup, play on the PK, won't get any power play time. I'd be shocked if he does, but he doesn't need it. He needs to play a role on this team, and I think the Team Canada is is the kind of, like, they always have guys like that on their team, right? Even when they had those stacked teams, uh, wait, like 2005, when they won those five World Juniors in a row, there's always that checking line aspect, like Steve Downey making his name for himself, in, in the World Juniors, Jordan Tutu. Like, he can play that kind of role for Canada, and I think that they would be wrong to dismiss him. So that's something to get excited for. Ridley Gregg on Team Canada's radar, but now let's go overseas, finish off strong. No goals, just assists yesterday in the sends in Europe category. Yeah, exactly. Where do you want to start, Ross? Let's go with the head-on-head uh, matchup in the Ulsfin League. And we had a little prospect-on-prospect crime. Yeah, and good on Sen's prospect for uh, pointing that out. And uh, I, w- I want to start actually with Victor Lodin. I'll be completely honest. I often forget about this guy. He was, d- he was a draft pick from the 2019 draft, so fairly recent. But he gets lost in the shuffle, and he's looking pretty decent already. He keeps his point streak with back-to-back games with points. He had two secondary assists in this uh, last game, and it was against Philip Gustafson. And Victor Lodin, he's got four points in his last eight games. So even though he's kind of one of the lower level prospects the Sens have, you love seeing them have success at any level. Yeah, and talk about success. We've got Abe wearing the golden helmet, Abracadabra, and he had another assist, although his team is uh, 
they're tough, although they did get the win. And I retweeted from my personal account, at Ross Levitan on Twitter, and it was a crazy final 20 seconds. Did you see that? Block shot after block shot. Talk about collapsing in your own zone. But, hey, they held the fourth strong. Yeah, exactly. That, that was a wild play. Like, some guy ended up having his glove tossed tossed out of there just through all the stick whacking and uh, all, the, all the different stuff going on in front of the net there. But Abramov, golden helmet, like you said, he's right there in the mix. I mean, it was kind of a lucky assist. It bounced off his stick, and then uh, the rest of the play developed. But like you said, he's the catalyst of this team. He has a point in seven of the team's 11 goals since his arrival. Wow. Wow. Impressive. And tomorrow, Friday, Robbie Arventi, Lassie Thompson, and Ilvis, they're back on the ice. We'll be back before that, though, to get into some more Corey Perry talk. And we're welcoming our buddy, Laleem's Martian, back to the program. That and part two of our chat with Joey Decord. Hope you enjoyed part one. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>